Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sexy Real Estate Recruiting Podcast. I am Dr. Ben Spears, the ambassador of Flow. I am so excited about today's uh, today's guest. You know, I, I kind of just want to skip the part where I'm even asking Matt. Don't how do he's, it. Don't do asking it. Matt how he's doing. <laughs> but I'm not going to. How you doing, Matt? I appreciate that, Ben. I appreciate you not skipping me on this. And I know you're excited. I'm excited about Neil too. So, uh, but uh, but I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Want to want to dig right in and and uh, and learn a little bit more about how we can uh, how we can help the audience when it comes to understanding what their role should be in connecting with people online in the digital space. And this guy's going to blow you know help us blow it up right so who do, who do we have here who's our who's our guest today yeah absolutely guys so we have neil Schaefer, neil Schaefer, author and host of the maximize your social influence podcast um i was i, I listened to it frequently ever since i ever since ever since I've, I've i've met neil which has been you know a few weeks ago um i was actually listening to what is it episode 195 i think it was so we're approaching 200 there uh, that's quite an accomplishment from a podcast standpoint. Absolutely. Um, and and he's gonna he's gonna talk to us about social media. Bef- before we uh, bring him on here, you guys know the routine. Wherever you're listening to this, make sure you hit that follow button or that subscribe button. There's no better time than the present than to go to prospectboomerang.com right and uh, sign up for a free account and join our free real estate recruiting mastermind group. Without further ado, let's talk. Let's talk to Neil. Neil, how you doing? Guys, I'm going to be honest. My Rams lost this weekend, so I'm struggling, but they should have never made it that far. So I guess I'm doing okay. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so, you know, I'm a Georgia Bulldog, so Gurley out there, right? I mean, that's that he's doing it for you, for you guys, right? Well, used to be doing it until we, we, you know, until he stopped doing it, but yeah, great, great runner and, and great. You know, I used to work for a company based out of Duluth even though I'm, I'm based here in Southern California. Right. And, and so I saw, you know, the Bulldogs flags and people at work, you know, exactly. talking Bulldogs. So I know it's almost like a religion where you live, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, for sure it, it is. And, and he's a wildcat, so it's the same way. It seems there's something in the water in the SEC, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, miss, I miss that. I, we don't have that as much here in Southern California. Probably because our sports teams in college suck. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be it. That might be it. <laughs> The weather's fine, though. Yeah, the weather's yeah. <laughs> it's always football weather. So, uh, so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your, a little bit about your background. So we know it, but we want, we want the audience to to be connected a little bit in podcast land. So tell us a little bit about your, uh, uh, about your background and how you, how you arrived where you are right now, speaker, author, uh, accomplished uh, uh, podcaster, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm one of these, you know, authors slash consultants slash speaker types that uh, you might run across out there. So I've written a few books, um, do a lot of speaking. I'll, obviously, that's virtual now. I, I consult with a lot of companies. I don't have a B2C product. I've really focused on the B2B2 because my background, and, and I do everything about digital marketing, social media marketing. My background before social media is B2B sales, Okay. biz dev and marketing. So I've always had more of a, you know, a B2B approach to things, but yeah, you know, we were just talking that when I worked for a company out of Duluth, Georgia, that was the last corporate job I had. And I'll never forget when my boss at the time just all of a sudden flew out to Southern California uh, the day that Barack Obama was elected president, November 4, 2008, right. and said, hey, we decided to, you know, cut loose on international sales. And uh, my focus, I speak Japanese and Chinese. So my focus was really Asia Pacific sales, biz dev, marketing. I did that for like 15 years. And even though I was back in the United States, I was still doing that. So that was sort of a wake up call to me because that was the first time. And I know we've all gone through these before. That was my first time where someone, you know, told me I had to go. I was usually the one who went before 
you know, right. before things went bad or before I got bored, what have you. So that really led me on this journey. And the journey is really funny because when I look back at it, the journey is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. I found a niche, right? My niche was LinkedIn. And I started, I started creating content. I started blogging about it, right? And back then, you know, we talk about like supply demand of content and everything. There was just less supply. Uh, not many people were doing it. And there was a growing demand. So that went into a book in 2009. And that led to me getting lots of local speaking uh, engagements. And then in January 2010, I had four local businesses just because I had been going to local networking events. I had been speaking. I had been blogging. Uh, four companies within the case within the course of two weeks reached out to me saying, Neil, we'd love your help. We don't know what we don't know. Can you help us with, with our social? And, and because my background's more B2B and solution selling, the consultative approach made sense to me. So I didn't do the agency. I went for the, you know, the consultant approach. And just ever since then, um, you know, it, also at that time, my daughter was born in 2005. My son was born in 2007. So this also gave me a chance to really control my own lifestyle and, and be together with them and see them grow up. Um, and, and, you know, daddy's always home and it's weird when daddy's away, you know, daddy, where are you going today? Right. Uh, and, and I'm really, you know, for me, this lifestyle, and I'm sure as an agent, you know, or, or, you know, as a broker, you all have certain lifestyles that you love to maintain. For me, it's, it's a lifestyle that I've sort of, I, I needed to make, you know, what we could call entrepreneurship succeed so I can maintain that lifestyle. And even today, you know, I don't know if brokers are really selective as to who you recruit or, uh, you know, what, who you engage with, but yeah. I tend to be pretty selective. I want to make sure in the words of Marie Kondo, do I, does it spark joy, right? I want to make sure I'm working with the right companies and the right opportunities that allow me to maintain that lifestyle. Uh, so yeah, so I've been doing this for, I launched my consultancy January, 2010. So it's been more than a decade. I've worked with, you know, Fortune 50 companies. I've worked with a Grammy award-winning musician, startups. I still do a lot of work with Japan. I help a lot of Japanese companies uh, with their, you know, overseas marketing. I've written a few books. So the latest book I wrote, which really got me into, you know, uh, engaging with you guys and normally I have a copy that's right here. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called The Age of Influence. And, and so I've moved from like the, the LinkedIn and the social media marketing to, to general like digital marketing, right? Yeah. So The Age of Influence is all about influencer marketing. And I thought there was a need. I thought people were really misunderstood. On the one hand, you have like these TikTok, Instagram influencers. On the other hand, you have like Dale Carnegie, how to, you know, win friends and influence people. And influence has always been a central role of, of how we do business. Absolutely. But yep. somehow it's been skewed to have a very, very different meaning and to like bring the meaning of the word to a, a lesser value. Right. And I thought as sales and marketers and as business owners, there's tremendous opportunity once we tap into digital influence. And uh, yeah, so I wrote the book and, and here we are. It's been about 10 months and now I'm planning my next book. That's <laughs> absolutely. So I, I love, there's so much to unpack there, right? <laughs> yeah, right. for sure. So, so, we, so what we do, uh, we want our brokers, you know, we call them brokerpreneurs, right? Because they, mm -hmm. they have to be entrepreneurs. They have to, they have to be the broker, right? So, so they're kind of dealing with B2B and a lot of them don't look at it that way. It, it's almost like they look at it like they're hiring an, an employee. And the, and the truth of the matter is they're really hiring someone that if they're trying to get experienced people, they're really hiring someone that should have a business already. 
right? So a B2B approach is really how they need to look at it, right? So taking, you know, not analyzing the person as a skill set and do they have good work ethic and all that kind of stuff, but taking a look at their whole business and, and, and social media these days, especially is just such a, is such a huge part of it. So we want them to understand who the person is. We, we strongly suggest that they be authentically themselves. So they end up with people that are authentically like them so that the legacy of the person being at the company is just so much longer than if it's just somebody they, they hired and threw it up against the wall to see if it sticks, right? I mean, that's, that, that's not the way that they want to do it from the, from the long haul. So they have to look at it from B2B. So, you know, unpacking that to begin with is, is huge. That's a great place for us to start in that conversation. And that, that's a really interesting perspective because if you think about it and, at, you know, working more with you guys, I realize that uh, every agent, they're small business owners, right? So you're hiring a small business owner. And if I was hiring, well, or they're also salespeople. So, you know, when I was a salesperson and companies want to interview me, they'd ask me, who's in my Rolodex? Obviously I'm right. aging myself here. Um, <laughs> but do, do you have a network that you can sell to, yep. but also do you have a platform, right? And that platform is what yields you influence in, right. in digital media. Yep. You know, if you wanted to write a book about your experience and you went to a publisher they don't, I'm not going to say they don't care about your content, but they care first about your platform. Are you able to push book sales, right? right. So th that is something that might be missing in, in the conversations that, that brokers are having with, with potential recruits is what is your platform? Because, um, you know, you're investing money and time into training this person right. and teaching them a lot. They need to be able to bring the minimal. Yes, okay, they have a contact database. They've worked with awesome. So they have a sphere of influence. But how do they, how are they going to promote? They may have a sphere of influence in a different industry. How are they going to promote what they do for your brokerage to yep. that community? And that's where that, that platform comes into play, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's so huge. And, and so there's a, and, and I'm doing all the talking, right? Ben's the one that's brilliant on this kind of stuff. I need, I need to be quiet I'm on this one. Really, I'm not brilliant on, I mean, everything else. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a question though, and, and, and a comment to what we're just talking about. Um, I, I know that the, the first brokerage that I, that I ever worked for as an agent, um, basically, you know, fresh out of taking my test. Uh, he, he told me, he said, you know, I typically don't hire, hire new agents. And he said, but whenever I meet someone, I like to say, could I work for that person? And I think, and I think we've all had, I think we've all had that. And, and, and it's because, you know, he's really looking at this from a brokerpreneur standpoint and he wants to surround himself. He wants to have a culture of, of entrepreneurs um, instead of a culture of um, a lot of agents having that employee mindset, right? Cause it's like, you know, hey, hey, I just, I want to work nine to five. I want to make, you know, consistent income. You know, what, what's this? I have to do showings. Right. <laughs> like after five, I have to do open houses on the weekend. Right. You know, what, what's all this about? And so, um, you know, have, having that mentality of, you know, could I see myself working for that person or at least side by side in, in, in a role, I think is a great way to, 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 look, to look at that. Um, not necessarily every single agent, obviously, but in every single broker, but I also want to touch on something that you said, um, which was um, talking about Del Car the, you know, the, def the definition that you know, Del Carnegie says, you know, how to win friends and influence people. But also we're talking about you know, how to be influential from a real estate standpoint, specifically on social media. And the word you know, influence is, is in almost everything that you do. I'd like to talk a little bit about the, the, the definition before we even go yeah. any deeper in this is... What, what, what do we think Dale Carnegie meant by the word influence? What does Neil Schaefer mean by the word influence? And, has it and, changed? Yeah. and is there a gap there? And how do we, how do we bridge that gap if there is? 
I think it's all about building trust, right? That is, you know, the, the influencers today on, on TikTok, what have you, they, they have built a type of trust that you couldn't build when Dale Carnegie was writing his book because we didn't have digital, you know, we didn't have the internet back then. But it's really the same thing. It's, it, it's engaging in building trust. Um, and with that trust, over time, you yield attention, which yields this, you know, what I would call influence. So I think that the, the concept of, of influence and, you know, what makes people influential, um, how people can yield influence, that has changed as the way we communicate and the way we engage with each other have changed. But I think the core tenant, the core principle, I really don't think has changed. Um, the scope of how much influence you can have with mass media obviously has changed, but, but yeah, it's really the same thing. I think, you know, we forget a lot about that. If you want to influence people, you need to build trust with them. You need to be known by them. You need to be liked by them. Um, and often you need to invest in the relationship. You need to offer value first yep. before you can build that influence, especially if they don't know you, you get to a, a tipping point where you've built so much value in the world and you have such a big platform that more people get to know about you. And then you begin to influence them without your first adding value to them. But then all the content you've created in the past has added value to them. Right. So those are the core principles I look at when I look at influence. And in that way, I, I really don't think it's changed. Um, I mean, the, the core of it hasn't changed. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah. So I, I, I love that. So, right. We, we say, uh, we say all the time on the podcast, you know, when someone's recruiting the, the, the first thing that the agent has to receive is value. And the first thing they have to experience is a culture of growth, right? That that's all about, you know, paying it forward first. And so, so brokers that grab onto that brokerpreneurs that grab onto that, those are the type of agents that they want to hire. And part of the reason why we were excited about getting you on here is, is there, there is, so, so an agent can go buy a whole bunch of leads and do transactions. And if a broker hires that person, that person is only as good as their ability to purchase those leads. Right. And so, so what, and, and a lot of brokers don't keep that in mind. They look at the production and they say, Oh, well, so-and-so did this amount of production. And then something shifts in the lead platform that they're using or something shifts and changes and whatever it is. And all of a sudden that person that was, was very valuable for lack of a, a better way of putting it to the, to the brokerage now isn't as valuable because they really didn't have any influence. All they did was had the ability to purchase leads and convert them at a high level. Now, of course there's, there's trust involved in that and everything. I'm not <clears> diminishing <throat> that part. But it, but it dilutes the actual trusting relationship between the two if that's how they generated the bulk of their business. So I love it that we're talking about this because part of the conversation that a broker needs to have when it comes to recruiting is how truly influential is that person in the relationships that they have with other people that are in the marketplace because that's really what's going to lead to that longevity of them being valuable to the brokerage as a person that they're partnering in their business with so i mean i i love it that you're that you're talking about all that that's 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 huge that you know solidify yeah you know i i back in the day when i recruited salespeople, you have people that have been wildly successful but was it them that made them successful or was it the comp was it the brand they work for Right. Was it, they were the only ones in the marketplace with the product. So my main question is, what is your sales process? Because if you can't describe what you do, and, and I think if you were to ask potential new agents, what is their sales process? Yes, you were successful. How did you do it? Is it repeatable, right? It, for, for your brokerage. Um, and part of the sales process is they have a current network of clients. They have a current ecosystem, but part of it has to be, they're always developing new business. How are they going about doing that? Right. right. And I think if you were to have that conversation, it should be pretty clear. Right. Um, are they, it, it's like, yes, I made seven figures last year, but guess what? I paid Facebook 
you know, seven figures for ads. So that, that's not really a profitable, scalable business when, right. when you're not profiting and, and everything's based on that. And I think that's exactly what happens here. So those are really, you know, what looks good on paper, you need to dig a little bit deeper. And, and I wanted to get back to what Dr. Ben was talking about earlier of, of you know, hiring people that, that can add value and what have you, you know, hiring people that, that, can, that can teach you something, right? I think it's another great thing. Hire people that have skill sets you don't have. Surround yourself with, with smarter people, right? I mean, if you can. Right. And if, if, if that skill set is, is applicable to you know, being an agent, then you fill the gap of, of teaching them and, and you learn a lot from them as well. And if they leave three months from now, at least you will have learned something from that, right? Because we can't control how long they stay. But uh, anyway, that, I just thought about that. Hey guys, this podcast is powered by Prospect Boomerang. We all know broker owners struggle with profitability. Prospect Boomerang compounds your profits by recruiting the best agents to your brokerage. For consistent growth, visit prospectboomerang.com. Yeah, that's a huge point. Yeah, and, and going back to, to, to Matt's example there of, you know, a, an agent being at a different brokerage um, and having success there because they were on this particular lead platform. You know, sometimes the broker will say, um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for your leads. Right. And then, and then the agent cut switches and goes to another brokerage because, you know, there's a different split or, you know, some sort of different, you know, uh, something to be enticing, right. I'll give you an office. Um, but the, they don't take into, they don't take into consideration uh, that, that, that other broker was, was hiring leads and or was buying leads for them. But what I the point that I want, mm -hmm. I want to talk about here is that other broker purchasing those leads for those agents sees themselves as being influential, right? Right. They're saying, well, I'm, bu I'm buying leads. I'm, I'm influencing the agents in my, in my marketplace. You know, do, do, do we call that, uh, do we call that influence? Do we call that a tactic? Do we call that a technique? Uh, because so many things when it comes to recruiting, you know, we talk about binders being on the shelves all the time, collecting mm -hmm. dust and all these different programs and 900 different C different CRMs coming out. Um, <clears throat> Are, are tools and tactics influential or are they just tools and tactics? Right. Yeah. Are they just, yeah, that's just, I mean, how do you generate leads? Right. Um, and buying leads, I mean, you know, pay to play. Uh, it, it's part of modern marketing, modern advertising. Unfortunately, the quality of each of those leads Mm -hmm. um, is less because there's no barrier to entry. Anybody can buy those leads. So it's heavily commoditizing your chances of actually closing that lead versus naturally building up your, your sphere of influence, your ecosystem are just completely different. So it's, um, it, it, it's a fast track approach, but I think, and you gentlemen could probably agree in terms of conversion rates, I think you're going to frustrate the hell out of an agent who comes on board with all these leads maybe closes one in a thousand. I mean, I don't know what the rate is, but I think the data shows that it takes a lot to close, you know, thinking that this is a gold mine, but at the end of the day, if they don't close the business, that broker isn't influencing anybody. They're probably making, well, they're going to have a lot of disgruntled agents, right? right? But if you allow an agent to do what they're naturally good at doing, which they're, hopefully they're people, people, right? They love going out in the neighborhood and the community, you know, meeting people, helping people, you know, and over time, especially as you use digital and social media, you can begin to build that platform, build that influence. And I think, you know, rather than the broker thinking that they're influential because they bought them leads, maybe teaching them how to do this, right. hopefully the broker became who they are because they did the same thing of, of teaching them what they did um, to, to help them build that platform, right? 
And I know that everybody loves to see, oh, I already, I already got 100 leads just joined yesterday. Well, it's not realistic, right? right? None of those 100 people know who you are. And we only do business with people we know, like, and trust. That has not changed. That will not change, right? Digital allows us to be exposed to be known. But at the end of the day, no one is going to sign over, you know, a, a listing to you without knowing you a little bit better. Right. So, so, yeah, I, I think that there's a reality. And I think that, um, you know, I know, and even in, in social media marketing, there's a lot of people who teach these shortcuts, right? And it can be very dangerous. I mean, they teach them because they, they seem good, and, but at the end of the day, someone's making money off you. Yep. And in this case, it's those companies generating those leads. That's and right. you know, it's funny, I'll give you an example. I'm redoing my website, right? So I, I use a lot of people on Upwork. And uh, I love Upwork and I have a system of trying to you know, vet people and find the right person. So found a guy, you know, um, and, but it, as I put that you know, listing out there, I got like 20 different people that okay. sent me emails. They went to the contact from a website, right? Yeah. And they, they just bypassed the system because somebody in Upwork probably saw that. I put my URL in the, you know, I wanted people to see what my website was now. So they were selling leads. And guess what? I blocked, you know, I reported for spam 20 email addresses that reached out to me. So think what happens to you when you're doing the same thing, buying those leads. Uh, it, it could definitely be working. I'll, I'll stop there. I know you guys probably have a lot to say on this as well. No, no, no that's such a great point. So, so we, you know, uh, so we believe that, you know, uh, uh, you know, quality leads create a quality pipeline, right? Quantity of leads create a quantity pipeline. It's very difficult to, to uh, without spending a lot of time, effort and energy to have a quantity of leads and then drill down to that quality pipeline. It's just tough to do it, right? You end yeah, up spending yeah. all of your time on all of your time on that. The best way to have the quality pipeline from the quality leads is to have influence with them, right? That's the referrals. That's the people that, that you that you know, like, and trust. You touched on ecosystem, you know, just a, a few minutes ago. You know, uh, agents having a great ecosystem that they really have influence with the people and the vendors and everybody in the neighborhood and their community and they know the association and, and they're influential with all of those people, they're going to get quality leads from those people and those leads are just going to convert at a, at a higher rate because of, because of that. And, and so, you know, it's the same thing is true with recruiting, right? I think everybody knows that with real estate, right? We assume everybody knows that with real estate, yeah, we right? Know. And, but, but, you know, from, uh, from understanding that from a recruiting standpoint, the same thing is true. If all you're doing is trying to go out there and, and meet as many people as you can and just throw it all up against the wall and you're not being authentic in who you are and you're not really, you know, getting to know or like or trust the person and, and really connect with them. The next thing you know, you've got, a, you've got a whole bunch of people in your pipeline from a recruiting standpoint and you don't know which ones are quality and which ones weren't because you were just too busy stuffing them in one end of the pipeline. Yeah, it's, you know, recruiting. I mean, selling a house is one thing, but recruiting someone to spend their nine to five to work for, it's a marriage. I've always thought of it as a marriage. In fact, I've always thought bizarre, all these marriages that exist in corporate America, but um, of, of, you know, people agreeing to work in companies, like companies agreeing to hire people because it's a long-term, you want it to be a long-term relationship. Right. And without really getting to know that person, how the heck do you know what's going to happen a month from now, three months from now, six months from now? Yep. Um, and, you know, with, with social media, the way it is, there's, I'm not going to say it's risky to hire people, but there's an inherent risk because that person puts on their profile that they work for your brokerage and then you don't know, they, they show up in Washington, DC at a, I mean, who knows what happens, right? right? right. Um, and, and that, so you really got to get to know that person well for, for a lot of different reasons. The great right. thing is that it's so easy to engage with, even virtually now, people are used to doing Zooms where five years ago they weren't. So it's not hard to, you know, invest that time but you got to be willing to do it because it's, it's time in is going to be a better quality coming out. Right. Yeah. Hiring's not hiring should not be an event. It should be a process for sure. 
Yeah. Right. People, people need to look at it as, uh, you know, because there's so much content out there, right? You can, you, there's so much available. It, there's, there's no reason why when you're sitting down across from somebody in a recruiting appointment that you know nothing about the person. How does that, how does that happen these days? Right? So are you, are you actually spending the time to get to know them just a little bit, even if it's just vetting them whenever you're having the initial conversation, right? Connect with them a little bit on social media and, and don't believe everything you see. We all know that, right? Like what you just <laughs> said, right? You can't, yeah, yeah. Everybody's, Everybody's putting their highlight reel. I only hire people with six pack abs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I got, I was grandfathered in by the way. <laughs> but I mean, think about it on the flip side. If you knew something about them and you are interviewing them and you really liked what they look like on, on paper and you were enjoying the car and you thought they'd be a perfect fit, but guess what? You didn't do any background research on them. So from their perspective, you're coming off as someone who doesn't really care about them because you didn't take the time to look a little bit into what they do. It's like, well, I, you know, I sent this in my paperwork. I talked about this, which I thought you read, but let me explain it again. Just a simple thing of like, you know, Hey, I noticed you went to such and such university on your LinkedIn profile. I had a cousin who went, I mean, little things like that show that you, you care, right? You take, and, and they're great icebreakers that they, you know, they help develop a deeper relationship and those things, little things like that, I think can go a long way in relationship building. Completely agree. So if you, so if you could just to kind of, just to kind of recap a, a couple of things here. So if you could have a, uh, if, if you could just throw one thing out there, one idea that would help people do a better job in recruiting to end up with, with the right agents in their office, right? And leveraging their influence and looking at people that, that, that they know that might be influential in their community because they're, you know, a higher probability of them, of them succeeding in real estate. Is there one thing that you're just like, hey, you could grab a broker and shake them by the shoulders and say, look, make sure you do this before you hire someone. What would that, what would that be? Google them. Did they come up? Where do they come up? Search them on social media. If you expect them to be on social media, they're not there yet, they ain't going to be there tomorrow. So I think that's a really, really easy way to see how socially connected they are. Yeah, such a great point. <clears throat> yeah, you're basically saying, you're basically looking online and saying, what's, what, what, how, what size is their Rolodex? Right. Yeah, and, and who do they engage with, right? So I'm yeah. not a lawyer. I do know that in employment law, you're not allowed to use what you find on social media to hire or fire people. What? There's actually anti-discriminatory laws yeah. about that. So... I'm not giving legal advice here, right. but I think, it's I think it's common sense that right. you'd want to scope someone out and see, you know, do they exist? Who do they engage with? Are they publishing regularly? Uh, you know, what types of people? I mean, yeah, I found them on TikTok, but they're doing provocative, you know, comedy videos. I don't know if that's going to translate the real estate. Maybe it will. I don't know. Right. right. But at least, you know, um, are, are they found or not? Because surprisingly, there's just a lot of people that, that aren't found. And if they're not found online, uh, that's going to diminish their chances of success, I believe. Yeah. And, and it makes the connection easier when you actually sit down with them, whether it's by Zoom or whether it's, you know, face to face. If you've done that research, it just makes it easier for you to connect with them and be more authentic in the conversation and say, so tell me, how are you going to use TikTok dancing to sell real estate? <laughs> right? I mean, and maybe, and maybe they can, and maybe they, right? they become the case Absolutely. study that every agent, you know, and now Buffini and everyone else is talking how agents have to do TikTok, right? So, <laughs> 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 one never knows, my friends. One never knows. <laughs> maybe they use Clubhouse. I mean, who knows, right? right. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know, I know we want to turn this into kind of a two part interview yep. here. Yep. Um, so, so let, let's, let's, let's wrap this one up and sum it up just a little bit if you'd like to Matt. Um, and then I'll close it out and then we'll just, we'll just get going with the second part of it. Absolutely. So, uh, and so Neil, don't let me put any words in your mouth, but you know, one of the big things we took away is, 
is uh, having influence, being influential and connecting with people hasn't really changed over time, but how it's applied to your business has changed. People still want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. We know that that's going to, hopefully that's going to be age old. Hopefully that will never, hopefully that'll never change, but it certainly hasn't in, 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 uh, in, in uh, our time from when Dale Carnegie first was writing about it until now. Is that correct? Yeah, gentlemen, I can sum it up really easily. I put this in the first book I wrote about LinkedIn in 2009, new tools, old rules. And that really sums it all up, right? Ways of doing business haven't changed. Got some new tools. Yeah. It's like, you know, checking into a co the local coffee shop at Foursquare, for those of you that remember it, and then the mayor being the agent. Right. And then, and then immediately I check in and like the mayor, this thing pops up like, hey, you have any real estate needs? Contact me. It's someone that's trying to hack these tools but they're not building like, no, and trust. In fact, I was sort of disgusted that they would blatantly self-promote themselves that I, I immediately tuned them out. Right. So, you know, just because you're social media savvy doesn't mean you're going to be successful at this either. And I think that there's, there's a portion of people who like to try these like growth hacks and stuff. It's the old rules of doing business haven't changed. So the other, the flip side of that is because the old rules haven't changed. Once you learn the new tools, if you're new to all this, you're going to be damn successful. Cause I see a lot of younger people who don't know the old rules because they don't have business experience yep. that make terrible mistakes with these new tools. With that. Yep. Such a, that's, such a, that's such a good point. So, so let the old rules guide the way that you apply the new tools. Yeah, that's, Amen, brother. That, that is spot on. That's such good stuff. Yeah, that's perfect. So <clears throat> before I wrap it up, Neil, why, why don't you tell everyone if, if they want to get in touch with you, um, if you want to check out you know, your book, your podcast, all those, all those avenues, where would be the best place for them to go? Well, uh, my name is Neil Schaefer. So um, in social media, I'm, I'm Neil Schaefer everywhere, neilschafer.com. That's the real Neil, N-E-A-L. And Schaefer is S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. Name of my book is called The Age of Influence. It's available Amazon, wherever books are sold. And my podcast is called the Maximize Your Social Influence Podcast. I also have another podcast I recently started. I now have two podcasts called uh, The School of Influence. So exactly. if uh, Maximize Your Social Influence doesn't give you enough, you can tune into The School of Influence as well. Fantastic. Yep. I love it. Awesome guys. Well, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, any of those platforms, make sure you hit that um, follow button. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button along with that bell right beside of it. You get notified every single time we drop a new episode. If you want to watch all these things in the same place where Matt and I try and provide value um, and, and, and influence brokers in a correct yeah. way using the old rules, uh, go to prospectboomerang.com. Um, click on that uh, click on podcasts and you'll see a little box that says sign up for our free VIP list where we'll send you monthly recruiting tips, tricks, and hacks absolutely free to your inbox every single month. We do these things. We interview these amazing, these amazing guests for one reason and one reason alone, Matt, and tell them why that is. Because we want to be part of their win. Mm -hmm.